You're listening to the Forging Fury Podcast, a show dedicated to bettering lives through fitness, nutrition, and inspiring stories from athletes of every stripe. This episode is brought to you by AZOPT, the CrossFitter's choice for physical therapy in Phoenix. With convenient locations in Goodyear, Buckeye, Glendale, and Tempe, their team of doctors are not only experts in biomechanics, they are themselves CrossFitters. Their knowledge and expertise of what it is to be a CrossFitter sets them apart. At AZOPT, you will only see a doctor of physical therapy, and you will never be handed off to a less qualified tech. If your body is not functioning at its best or you are experiencing pain, visit their website at azopt.net for your free CrossFit assessment. That's azopt.net. What's going on, sweet people? This is Coach Riley, and today with my best friend, Michael Gray, we have a special guest, Lisa Brockman. What is going on, Lisa? Hey, what's up? Lisa. Lisa is actually a really close friend of mine. She's been a great uh, addition, and maybe in the last year and a half. Like, you're an OG, but, like, you came back, gone for a minute, but you're back now. Yeah. Like, you go way back with Fury, which we'll get to later, but... Like in the last year and a half and with me personally, like she's been like one of my favorite athletes, one of my closest friends and we've done a lot of cool stuff. So Michael, do you, how well do you know Lisa? Pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somewhat. I mean, we don't, you're you the coach. Do you get to know everybody better yeah, than I yeah. do? We usually don't work out at the same time because you're an afternoon person, right? Generally. 630. The dirty 630. Hey. Right. I'm early six. Like I'm early. Yeah. Early. That doesn't even really roll off the tongue no. very well. Early it's because we're not talking that early. We don't have enough energy to come up with cool you gotta slogans. You've got to be a special kind of person yeah. to get up that early to work out. Well, our dirty mm. 630 class is probably the most unique group of humans I've yeah, ever met. Yeah, we are. It makes other people that come into the class feel very uncomfortable. I'll bet. <laughs> they are fun. I should just come and see if it makes it me feel oh, weird. Oh, no. They'll, it, they'll just go with it. They won't stop for a new person. <laughs> no. Like if someone just came in and heard like what, what happens there, it's, it's just it's fun. That's funny. So I, didn't, I haven't had a lot of chance to work out with you but we we talk a lot yeah off offline yeah. I guess you'd say yeah so yeah but cool Lisa actually is a policeman police woman yeah police woman police woman is that police officer police officer there you go That's an officer of law enforcement <laughs> she, she <laughs> enforces the law amongst humans so I do. okay okay first of all let's get the term right okay what exactly is your position in, in the police department I'm a detective detective okay so did that start, like, you didn't just start as a detective. Obviously, you had to go through some other stuff. To get right. There. You have to go through a testing process. So okay. everybody starts off as a street officer. You know, mm. the people you see in the police cars that respond to calls, you call 911, they show up. So that's how I started. Mm. Well, who, where do you start when you're writing tickets? Um, <laughs> okay. So I started as a police officer in Tucson. Okay. So that's where I began my career. And you always put in for the precinct or the area you want to work in. I was born and raised and grew up on the south side, so that's where I wanted to work. Mm. So Tucson's where it started. Was Did you have to go to the academy of sorts? Yes, four months okay. in the academy. Okay, was that hard? Yes. Okay, what kind of tests did they take you through in the academy? Well, you have to know ARS, which is Arizona Revised Statutes, mm. and you have to know every single criminal, civil law out there, and you get tested every Friday. Oh, for four weeks? For four months. Okay, four months. And so you start off in a white t-shirt and slacks and you have to earn your uniform you have to earn your gun you have to earn your badge and then as it goes on you eventually are in full uniform nice that's pretty cool yeah so you have to go through um not only knowing the law but then you have to go through defensive tactics mm -hmm. we go through a two-week driving course where you get to learn how to drive backwards 
Whoa. Do J-turns, lollipops, evasive maneuvers. <laughs> this sounds like fun. I don't oh, even know is. what any of that means just now. <laughs> Michael's like, face is confused. Like those nudges that they do on the high-speed chases too, right? Okay, no. So those are that's called pitting. Oh, and pitting, then you have to go right. to a special class to learn to do that. But I, I went to that. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you go through the academy at Tucson. And, and tell me how your police like life started. Why I wanted to become a police officer? Well, we could go there too. I, mean, I think that's cool. Well, so I started off as a legal assistant at the public defender's office. Ooh. Yeah. That, that, should, that sounds like a great place to start. Yeah, that's, so that's what I was. I was a legal assistant for the public defender's office in Tucson. And, you know, I wanted to be an attorney and fight for those who had been unjustly accused. Nice. And what kind of changed my mind was what my job was, was to look at um, officers' police reports and just shred them and mm. try and find inconsistencies and make the police officer look like they didn't know what they were doing. Mm. So what finally uh, changed my mind was I worked for an attorney. I won't mention his name, but we had a client who was a, who's being accused of child molestation. Mm. So he comes in and he pretty much confessed to everything, what he did and how he did it. And the attorney, I looked at the attorney and said, how do, how do we continue to defend this guy? And the attorney said, it's not our job to care what he did it's our job to get him off wow and i quit two days later that's always interesting like to see the the other side like the def- the person who's defending or like like defending the guilty party like i feel like that's a job though like uh, someone's got to def- defend or got to represent the guy that's innocent like there's always a lot of cases out there where it's very obvious like this dude or person really messed up and but there's still someone always with him like, how does that even happen? Yeah, uh, that would be hard for me, too, mm. especially if, if I didn't believe in the innocence of the guy. I'd have a hard time really defending him very well. So that's I feel like at a certain point, it's just damage control. Like, they're trying to get him the best deal or the, like, her well, the right. best deal. I mean, if, if, he, if he doesn't get the right defense possible, then he can sue or he can then mm. get an appeal and get off. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody has their day in court. How often were you able to look at a police report and, like, find flaws in it, like, a lot. Yeah, so that a happens. Lot. That happens. And then what happens if there's a problem in the police report? Like, throw it out? Well, no, then you, when the police officer goes on the stand, mm. then you pretty much shred them. Mm. You shred their credibility, and then that's what makes jurors mm. think maybe they're not being truthful. Mm. So then they start believing the defendant. So I made sure my police reports were always spot on mm. because of that. Yeah. Is there is it actually true or any true truth to if you don't get your Miranda rights that like they can just basically throw anything out? Miranda, is that what they're called? The Miranda rights? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're getting arrested? Yeah, if you don't read them, their rights. So okay, so is you have that to true <laughs> or not? We're all going to get Okay, through so you're going to get educated myths. right here. Cop so myths. you need two things before you have Miranda, which is custody and questioning. So if you're in custody, which means in your mind you're not free to leave. If I stop you and I pull you out of your car mm. and I'm talking to you, in your mind, you believe I'm not free to go, then I should read you your Miranda rights. If you're walking on the street and I just say, hey, how's it going? And I'm trying to start a conversation with you, asking you questions and you can walk off. I don't need to write, read you your Miranda rights. Mm, that's, see, that could be a, such a fine line. Like, I feel like that's kind of like what what you what someone could think custody is, is, is like there's a gray area, don't you think? Oh, there is a huge yeah. gray area. When it comes to area. custody. Mr. Gray, what do you think about the gray area? <laughs> hey, I don't get into those uh, Miranda rights situations, <laughs> yeah, back, so exactly. I, I don't worry about it. Maybe when I was younger a little bit, but not not as I'm older. I'm trying to stay, stay far, far That's away. That's how you knew about Miranda rights, huh? Yeah, never. That's how you got off <laughs> from when uh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and no, though no Miranda rights are U.S. wide, 
the Miranda case actually happened in Arizona. Whoa, so, that's cool. So, so yeah, U.S. Yeah. versus Miranda's from Arizona. So because of something that happened here in Arizona, hmm. the Miranda rights were so born. St- still, the question, the answer to the question is yes or no. If they forget that. Yeah, I mean, if if you're in custody and you start getting asked questions and you are not read your Miranda rights, that's what we call fruit from the poisonous tree. You mm. cannot use any of that. Nice. That's cool. So all you criminals out there, if you're listening, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's right. <laughs> Make sure your Miranda rights have been read. Yes. Or better yet, just don't do anything wrong. Lisa, tell everyone <laughs> the first uh, police <laughs> advice you gave me. I don't know. Can we, can we say that? Yeah, we okay, can say okay, that. Cool. The first, yeah. uh, first advice Lisa gave me as a, like a cop to human Lisa, go. These are not my pants. <laughs> That's literally the best thing I ever heard. So, like, elaborate on these what? are not my I, pants. That makes no sense to me. Okay. Well, well, hold on. Help me out. So, have you heard the term a possession is nine-tenths of the law? No. Okay, so if... He's not a criminal. <laughs> so, if you're in a stolen car, driving the stolen car with no keys in your possession, a screwdriver in the ignition, and you're evading police... You probably stole the car. Yes, I would. I would agree with that. <laughs> okay, so if I were to pull Riley over, and let's say for whatever reason he's not wearing a seatbelt, so we get him out, and we're going to do what's called a Terry frisk on him just to see what he's got on him, make sure he doesn't have anything that's going to hurt me. All of a sudden, I feel something in his pocket. What's this? I. I these aren't my pants. Boom. <laughs> what do you mean these aren't your pants? I, I was at my roommate's and I just, I threw on some pants because I had to go to the store real quick. These aren't my pants. Okay. We've had people, God, I hope I'm not giving trade secrets away. We've had people get charges dismissed because the, what they were wearing pants. did not belong to them. Therefore, what was in the pockets, they're not responsible for. <laughs> How is that Eureka. possible? Come on. Uh, because jurors believe it. And they're like, oh, well, look at this guy. They weren't his pants. <laughs> I can understand that if you're like borrowing your wife's yoga pants or something, <laughs> yeah. right? But then well, how are you? Guys yeah. wear yoga pants too now, dude. Dang. And they don't have pockets normally. No. Well, okay. some of them do. Oh, do they? Yeah. Shit. Maybe I got to get some yoga pants. <laughs> wow. That, see, I hate that that kind of stuff can happen. I feel like it that's. It does. It does. People happen. scam the system like the, that drives me nuts. But at the same time, people are wrongly, like, there's been plenty of cases that have been documented of wrongly, wrongly convicted of things. Yeah, they how, spent time yeah. in jail. How many times have you worn your roommate's pants? Uh, well, on a me scale, and my like roommate from are. zero to a hundred. How many times? You know, maybe at a zero. Really, really crazy night. Maybe <laughs> never. Maybe never. Look, I'm all I'm all for people getting the justice. That you know, if if something happens where they are in possession of something they didn't know about, that's fine. But in your pockets? I mean, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It could be crazy. So, okay, so back to back. To <laughs> These are not my pants. These are not my pants. Words to live by. Yeah. So you finished the academy in Tucson right. and you're out on the streets. What was your first? Did you start like a like a level officer or where? Like So what you do right off off the streets is you mm-hmm. go to your field training officer, which is an FTO. So it's somebody who's been on at least four or five years. You're going to train with them. It's like a ride along. buddy. Yeah, kinda? except you're in uniform and okay. you're fully oath. So you're just a police officer the same way they are. So in the academy, you kind of... Um, explain what you'd like to see in your career i was always fascinated with tactics and guns and all, all that the fun, fun stuff all the yeah. fun stuff so they knew that i i wanted to eventually go on to the swat team mm. so my ftos were all swat team members mm. so i can tell you that my first week on fto my gun spent more time out of my holster than in my holster that's pretty lucky though yeah it's like some people get stuck doing some crazy stuff as cops yeah. like they don't really get to do the cool stuff you see on tv meter made stuff exactly or like just like traffic 
Yeah. Like, those are people that are just designated to doing traffic. Oh, yeah. Oh, motor God. cops. You yeah, ever, you, you, you've heard the rumors about motor cops, right? No. I stay away they'll from get, police. Yeah, they'll give their grandma a ticket. Oh, wow. Savages. Yeah. Okay, so those people that are, like, manning construction sites, is that generally what they do from site to site? Or is that just a regular beat cop that's just, this, this week you're going to go man that construction like site? Like you pulled a sure. stick or something. Yeah. No. So anytime you see an officer at a construction site... That's off duty. That's extra. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they're they're not. So that could be a regular beat officer. That's yeah. It could a be a detective. It could be a sergeant. It could be a lieutenant who just wants to work off duty. So you get extra money for hmm. jobs that they want. A law enforcement officer does president. That go, does that go through the office or? Yeah. You, you just do that on the side. No, no, no. We have what's called an off-duty coordinator. Okay. So people have to call in the job, and then it, it's all regulated through mm. the police department. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, so is that also like like detail for like sporting events and stuff of that nature? Like yes, like you guys get paid extra for that. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's I'll work cool. baseball games yeah. and concerts downtown. Yeah, there's always I so. Yeah, I always wondered about that. I was like, who does that? And like, is it was it like a rock paper scissors that someone <laughs> no. lost or? No, that's like, all voluntary. So don't feel bad for them. Well, they always look pissed off when they're there anyway. So especially in the summer, but don't feel bad because okay. it's something they're, they yeah, they getting, chose yeah, to do and they're true. getting paid very well to okay, do it. Okay. Well, if they're at like a concert or something, people have been drinking. They know something dumb yeah. is going to happen, so they're probably like, ah. yeah. yeah, they know what's coming. Especially somebody when, again, especially, yeah, especially when they're coming out. You should know it's going to go down. In my police career, I have worked the three Super Bowls that have been here. Really? Three yeah. Super Bowls in Arizona? That's which, really cool. Which fans are the worst? Say Seahawks, please. <laughs> <laughs> the drunk ones. Oh, yeah. Doesn't really yeah, it doesn't matter. really matter who they are. It's the well, drunk I ones. I feel like Cardinals fans have been drowning their sorrows in alcohol for a long time now, so maybe they'll be the worst fans. Or maybe I'm losing a lot of friends right uh, now. I don't know, man. Browns fans. They're, true. They're true. M- much more sorrowful. Well, I mean, Cardinals yeah, got a Super Bowl, right? They won the Super Bowl. Uh, not since they've been here. No. Oh, so they lost in the Super I, Bowl. Maybe they haven't ever. I what don't about know. No, they haven't. Kurt Warner, they made it to the Super Bowl that year, right? Yeah, he was with the Rams. He wasn't with Who the Cardinals. Was, <laughs> so the Cardinals never made it to the Super Bowl. Yes, we made it against the Steelers, but we yeah. lost on a last Who was second. the quarterback of that team? That was Kurt Warner. I told you. But you they said lost. won a Super Bowl. We I didn't thought win. it was with the Cardinals, but sorry. No, but we didn't win. Sorry to bring, keep bringing that up. No, no. It's a sore subject yeah. if you haven't seen that yet. But still, to be in a, a state that has had three Super Bowls is pretty cool. Like, where I'm from, like, we don't even have a team, so there's that. Oh, and just FYI? Carolina, Carolina Panthers is Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's okay. about an hour and a half from where I'm from. But so you don't adopt them in South well, Carolina? Well, we consider ourselves the Carolinas together. Like, I cheer for the Panthers. Like, I like, I yeah. like the Panthers. I grew up in Utah, so I was a Denver Broncos fan because mm. there's no... Utah yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm a Bears fan because, yeah. Okay. Ha- why do you like well, Bears? Well, thanks for coming, thanks for coming to this episode. It's nice having <laughs> yeah, right. you. Yeah. Wish you luck. The Bears. That's interesting. <laughs> They're getting good, though. Yeah, they are. They're getting better mm-hmm. slowly. This no, is, I think quickly. this is the first time we've talked sports on the podcast, to be oh, honest. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back. So you started out with these uh, SWAT guys. Yes. So, and then you eventually got into that, question mark? Yes, I did. Okay, it so tell us that process. It took about four years. Wow. Um, of constantly trying out and it didn't matter that I was a really good shot and that I passed all the tests and did really well on the oral board. Unfortunately, it was just the good old boys club. Mm, That seems to happen a lot with that though. Yeah. Like police, fire, military. Yeah. So it took me quite a long time to get Mm. on. So you had to earn, almost earn it. Yeah. So how many times did you say you'd like try it out for SWAT? Five. Wow. That's persistent. I wasn't going to not make it. Yeah, that's determination. I like that. I've uh, I've definitely can relate into like not always getting what you want in the first go around. And that's that's cool. That's persistent. That's you just got to keep trying, especially if you know that 
you did better than a, than a lot of the people yeah. who got on, but yeah. because you're not the right gender. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Throw a little bit of shade right there. <laughs> Dang. But you eventually broke through. Once they retired, yes. Oh, wow. You had yeah. to wait for their retirement. That's yeah. actually kind of brutal. It is. So you finally get on. Mm-hmm. You get on, to, and it's the SWAT team, correct? Mm-hmm. And what does, tell us about life as a SWAT team member. I think that's pretty cool. It's a lot of training. Um, and they don't, once you're there, they, they don't care that you're a girl. You're no longer a girl. You're just mm. another SWAT operator. So you train hard. We had um, tactics. We had physical fitness, running with our gear on. We got to, um, this is when I was in Tucson. We'd fly out of Davis Monthan Air Force Base and rappel out of Blackhawks. That's cool. So we did Sounds a lot like of fun a really stuff. lot of badass stuff, to be honest. It yeah. was. It was, a lot of, it was a lot of fun stuff. It was a lot of dangerous stuff, but it was mm. a lot of fun stuff. So how long are you with the SWAT team? Uh, two and a half, almost three years before I lateraled here to Phoenix. Okay, so and you're at SWAT in Tucson? Uh-huh. Okay, so you came over to Phoenix. And w- when you made that shift, wh- what kind of role did you go into in Phoenix PD? Back to the beginning, patrol officer. Really? Yep. So even that lateral shift, that made you kind of go back, yes. go down a little bit? I'd never lived in Phoenix, so when mm. I lateraled here, this was the first time I'd ever been here. So I had to learn the city, which I can tell you, is, it's, it's easy to learn because, I don't know if you've learned this already, but the way the grid's set up mm. with Phoenix, central is your, your zero, and oh, then your okay. streets, your streets go are going to go east of that, and that's that's all your east addresses, and mm. your avenues are west of central, and those are your west addresses. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah. If, if any time I need directions, I always ask Lisa because she knows yes. <laughs> everywhere to go any place in Phoenix. It's like, yeah, just, just hang this left, right. You'll stick, uh, skip all the traffic. You'll be there in a second. It's so easy here, though. Is it, is. it? I think so. I don't. It's way easy. I've been back east with Heidi. Uh, she grew up in like rural Pennsylvania. Those roads are nasty because they just curve all over the place. I have no idea where I am after 10 minutes on mm. the road. And in Tucson, they have these things called Stravenues, which is diagonal. It's a. It's <laughs> not a street and it's not an avenue. It's a Stravenue. Hmm, it's okay. like a side street? Crazy. I hear... I don't like Tucson, and the reason is I don't, wow. I don't like the traffic. I hate, I hate the way the roads are laid out. It, you, you take forever to get anywhere. It just always seems jam-packed because of the Stravenues, apparently. <laughs> the sad thing is I 100% agree with you. Okay. Because you hate Tucson, too. Good. No, uh, I hate <laughs> the traffic there. So, okay, you translate from Tucson to Phoenix. You have to kind of take a step back to take a step forward and, and kind of tell us that traje- uh, trajectory of you coming to Phoenix. And then going up th- from there. So for me, it was kind of a, a nice break because when I left um, Tucson, the sheriff's department, I was a, detec- a detective with the uh, cold case homicide unit. Mm. So I had just finished solving a 27-year-old case using DNA. So, wow. And that's something that you take boxes and boxes of home with you or of files with like you. Like the movies. Yes. <laughs> that part is like the movies. So to come here and just do a 10-hour shift and be done was like a vacation. Mm. So that was nice. But after about three years on the street, I got bored, and I became a detective again. And um, eventually, I went to a place called our Drug Enforcement Bureau, and oh. I got to do some really cool stuff with them. <laughs> yeah, cool stuff. <laughs> when, you, when you mean cool stuff, you mean bust drug lords? Yeah, I used to do that in Tucson, too, because oh, there's okay. a much bigger drug cartel traffic in, in Tucson. Tucson. Yeah, because we're so close to the border. Let's get some of Lisa's favorite or most interesting uh, cop oh stories. Boy. Let's get into some of those because I think there's really good ones that she's <laughs> told me about. Let's, ta- let's start with like the coolest one or the funniest one or the most entertaining. Well, the funniest one, I think I told you about it the other day, uh, was when I ended up getting handcuffed by another mm. officer. So what ended up happening was I pulled over a woman who was drunk and she chose 
to fight. Mm. So we ended up, you know, grappling. We're on the ground. I'm able to get over the radio that I need, you know, back up. And I finally get her on her stomach, and I finally get her arms behind her. But the way I had them, my my hands were kind of in between hers. Hers are kind of like this. Fl- fl- you know, it's like, like a full Nelson. Yeah. Kinda. Like, yeah, but I'm, I'm on top. So, okay. you know, the I, I can hear the other officer coming because the sirens are going. You know, I hear the, you know, breaking, mm. the feet coming. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool, cool. Somebody's going to come handcuff her because I'm tired. <laughs> so my hands are up. I'm, I'm waiting. And then before I know, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm here. Pulls out his handcuffs. Click, click. He's and like, <laughs> and then, you know, I kind of look at him and I look <laughs> at my hands and he's like, okay, can you get up now? And I'm like, no. <laughs> What? You handcuffed me. So. <laughs> was this a new guy? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's probably real nervous, man. Give him a break. He was. He was. He was pretty nervous, and uh, so it, I told him I wouldn't tell his FTO, okay. which I didn't. Cause good, good, good. That would have been bad for him. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny because even the lady was laughing. She's like, "You handcuffed her." So it was pretty. It was pretty funny. She was probably having a good time. That's she was. Awesome. You know, she was going to go to jail. But she, she, yeah, she went to j- big she girl went jail to too. Jail. Yeah. yeah, she was not happy at that, but she went to jail. A lot of the fun stuff I get to do. Um, so let's preface this. I have been a prostitute. Oh, I feel like that's the sound bite. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the sound, sound bite right like, there. Oh, I've been a prostitute. I've that's been right. a prostitute. So let's, <laughs> let's back up. So, <laughs> so when I work for the Drug Enforcement Bureau here in Phoenix, we have, you know, a task force. And for those of you that don't know, there's a bit of a prostitution problem in Phoenix. Can't, can't relate. Don't know. Asking for a friend. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so we got, we got uh, taxed to uh, be undercover prostitutes. So nice. I, I got to do that for a while. Is there a waiting list for that? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, no. not really people begging to sign up for that gig? No, not really, because you have to get trained, and, I mean, there's certain things you have to be able to get out of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, yeah, I got to be a prostitute for, for quite some time. Was that fun? It is, because it, it's like acting. Mm. It's like acting. And I had to do it all in Spanish because of the area we were in. So, like I told you, we had, like, this cup that's, thirst buster or what else did you call big gulp gulp. whatever (laughs) those really big cups so the mic was inside the cup and the mic or the actual wire went up the straw so that it could which is the last thing i'd ever expect if i was (laughs) a a person looking for a prostitute we call those johns johns okay johns okay Okay. so if you were a john right so the whole time you're talking you're just kind of you know they don't look at the cup or the Mm. straw so you know you're doing one of these things moving the straw towards him moving it towards Mm. me so we're recording everything and just the trend, you know, the conversations you have hmm. are pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Asking, you know, how much for this or how much for that? Oh, so they're pretty forward with it. Oh, yeah. There wasn't like a code like, yo, like, so do you wash windows? And they were like, <laughs> like, maybe if you have a house. Like, it wasn't. Oh, really no, like, no. You it walk, was just like. You walk up and the minute your hands are like on their window right there. First thing out of the mouth. a trucker? Ma- uh, no, it's, oh. it's a car, truck, whatever. Okay. 99% of the time. I'm just going to say it. The first thing out of their mouth would be, ¿Qué tanto por una chupada? Whoa, that sounds very vile. Do I need to beep that in yeah. Spanish? <laughs> no, no. Okay. ¿Qué tanto por una chupada? <laughs> How much to suck? Oh, okay. Yeah, now we so. just lost all of our kid <laughs> viewers. I w- yeah, I was visualizing an empanada for some reason. I have no idea. <laughs> no, no empanada there. So, But what has to happen is the transaction has to take place. He's got to ask for something. Oh, I've got to offer to them. Catch him. And then there's got to be a talk about money in a, in a transaction. Mm. And so then after that, we, I, you know, I'd be like, hey, meet me over there at the alley. To catch a predator. Dude. Yeah. That's what you were doing, to catch a predator. <laughs> so then, yeah. So then they'd go to the alley and then mm. whoop, whoop, 
Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Damn, dude. Talk about the highest of highs. Of highs yeah, exactly. Yeah. The highest of highs in your body. <laughs> and then the lowest of lows. Yeah. Like, I just got a bargain on exactly. that. Yeah. That was, womp, womp, womp. He's like, man, I have more money in my wallet. This is a good day. <laughs> and then right. not. And then the other thing that was really big was um, masseuse parlors here in Phoenix mm. um, fronting as prostitution rings what i mean if you look at um they have these uh, magazines like at the food city and at the, mm-hmm. the um, super you start looking at the back of those the, they talk about how much you can have for a massage those are just friends for prostitution Damn, you think that's still happening yeah oh yeah You're asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> you said food city okay yeah <laughs> food city all those places but yeah, yeah so i had to I, and the funny thing is is i actually had to interview for that position oh wow yeah, so, yeah, I had, and, you know, my, my sergeant at the time was like, do not get in the car. Do not get in the car. Oh, yeah, you don't yeah. want to, Yeah, well, then and then the guy off, was like, right? then this is all in Spanish. I was like, he's like, get in the car. And so I said, I'll get in the car when you give me the keys. Mm. So he gave me the keys. That way he wouldn't take off with me in it. Mm. But so I took the keys and put them in my pocket, and then we started talking about the whole transaction. Yeah, so, like, what are you, what's your thought process when you said you almost felt like an actress here? Like, yeah. Tell me, like, uh, like can you? Like, obviously, you know how to read people's body languages and, like, know if they're dangerous or, like, obviously, this guy was kind of less, I don't know, were they dangerous people? Like, what was your mindset during this? Yeah, he this had a gun day? on him. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so this could go bad. It could, right? Yeah. But that's where you have to play really well in mm. your character. Yeah, you that's, know? That's, you deserve an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty one-track-minded at that point. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely off track with their thought process. No, his thought process was, how much money am I going to make off her? Yeah. So that's that's where his mind mm. was. Now, you have a stage name when you go out for that. Are you able to talk about that? What? Well, I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't do it anymore, so I can just tell you. Okay. Yeah, it was Blanca. Blanca. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's very... That's uh, great. I think that, that fits that bill, like... <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, it was just easy to remember. I had Blanca with the really big hoop gold earrings Ooh. and the gold bangles. Did you have the name in the earrings? I had it on, no, I had it on my necklace. Nice. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Oh, yeah. And the big gulp. Yep. That's so, that sold that, it. I've no, never trusted one, a big gulp again. <laughs> girl, if you see a girl with a, gil- <laughs> a big gulp, walk away. Yeah, I'm slapping it out of their hands. No, but when I did that one, I didn't have a, gil- a big uh, gulp. That one was wired in other places. Was there ever a, a scenario where you were like, I, this, this feels... T- too sketchy like let's withdraw like did it ever happen like this isn't it like pull out yeah there was a guy this is when i was playing the whole prostitute thing there was a guy and he had a gun on the dash Mm. and he kept asking how much how much and then he kept wanting the price lowered and then he's like well come in the truck come in the truck and i just i completely stopped because just it just didn't feel right you know i mean it's that gut feeling that you get you gotta trust your gut yeah gotta trust your gut Mm mm-hmm Wow. So we're getting some really good inside information from the police force today, which for me coming full circle, I used to be afraid of police. Like I never really. I know that like surprised I, me. Like, I don't know. Even my mother talked about that. She's like, Riley, I didn't raise you to be like that. Like, why are you afraid of police? Like, like I, I get tight when I see one on the street driving my car. I'm like, is my seatbelt on? Is everything like I get, I just get nervous. I don't know. Police make me nervous. So it's been a big step for me to uh, befriend a lot of policemen in our gym. We've got quite a few. So. It's been a big step for me meeting Lisa. So can I give you a bit of advice? Oh, God. More advice. Yeah. Here's some, and here's some for everybody who's listening. You're driving. There's a police car behind you. Oh, good information. Okay. Just move. Get out of our way. We're probably going to something, and it's kind of annoying when we have to stay behind you. Mm. So just get out of the way, and nine times out of ten, they're going to go right past you, and then you can start breathing again. But if you get, if you get out of the way, and then they get back behind you, you got something to worry about? Yeah. <laughs> So 
I want to start to get in kind of your, uh, you have a little bit of a transformation here. So a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, well, this is a CrossFit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <podcast. This laughs> not a police. We should talk about that. Yeah. So yeah, sure. let's say when, when we first meet, you've recently gone like on a hiatus from CrossFit or like been away from Fury and then you come back. Yeah. And then since the year and a half you've been here, you've made well, quite I, the transition. I've been here since September of 2018. Okay. Re returning. Yeah, so okay. I would I'd been gone for maybe three three and a half years. Well, that's a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, it was just a lot of um, shoulder surgeries, mm. knee issues, and some serious health problems. Mm. So had all that happen, and then um, uh, Brandy and I have always kept in touch. Mm. So every now and then we like message each other, and she's like, "You need to come back to the gym," and I just wasn't ready yet. And I was one of those people who's um, when I left, I was in pretty good shape. Mm -hmm. When I came back. Not so much. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those where, like, you're embarrassed because you know what you did before and you're coming back completely new. So I almost felt like I need to get into shape to go back to the gym. And a lot of people feel yeah. that way. I yeah. feel like that's a big barrier for people. That, and that happens a lot with the CrossFit athlete. Is like yeah. they'll do CrossFit for a while, get in great shape, maybe get away from it a little bit. And then when they feel like they return, like when they want to go back, they're almost embarrassed because yeah. they, they're not at the shape they were, which I feel like that's like, that's tough for me as a coach to hear. Yeah, I, I understand if you're new coming into CrossFit feeling that way, but having been in it, I don't think I'd feel that way. I feel like you have the knowledge. You know how to do get the like fix what you've put yourself right, into. Right, but okay, there's the key word. You have the knowledge. So I had the knowledge not to get to where I was. Mm. Right. So you're coming in, and there's a lot of people here. When I first came in, we're like, I didn't even know that was you. A lot of vulnerability involved. Yeah, and so because you know that when you left, you know – when I first came to CrossFit, I learned, you know, about eating. I did one of the first paleo challenges that Fury had. And so you learn how to eat. You learn how to read labels. So now you're this athlete who can climb ropes, do handstand mm. push-ups, do handstand walks, lift a lot. And then you come back and you're lucky if you can hang from the bar. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's a tough, um, that's a tough mindset to have. Like, what was the final straw for you to be like, hey, I need to go back? I think it was finally my youngest went to college, so I no longer had an excuse. Mm. You know, before it was real easy to n just not eat healthy because kids don't, unfortunately. So when she would say, Mom, let's go get pizza. Okay. Yeah. Mom, hey, let's go to Dairy Queen. Okay. Yeah. So once she went to college, um, there was no more excuse. Cool. And two weeks before I joined, I happened to run into Anna at the nail salon. Mm. And she's like, you need to come back. And, and yeah. And then Brandy was like, I'm going to wait for you. You need to come back. I think that's a testament to kind of the coaches we have on staff here and the kind of people we have here too. Like the people that won't forget about you, the people that will keep in contact with you and ask you how you're doing even when you haven't been here for a while. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Brandy, shout out to Brandy. Hopefully she listens to this podcast. Yeah, and let me tell you what was the most awesome feeling. So you're right. I remember like having almost an anxiety attack in the parking lot right before mm -hmm. I came in because I think back in September they were having for law enforcement and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like buy one month, get one free. I was like, all right, let's give it a whirl. So I remember thinking in the, in the car, like, oh, sh uh, maybe I shouldn't do this. Like, mm. I almost didn't, didn't come in because mm. it was just that bad. And I walked in, and I was maybe in two feet. Mm. And I hear, oh, my God, is that Lisa? Mm. And that was Karen. Karen. Karen, Karen yeah. Karen Edgett. Peter's wife. Oh, yeah. 
And then, and all of a sudden it was like, I had never left. Oh my God. And we just started talking. And then Peter comes up, he goes, Hey Brockman. And it was, it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm home. So when I met Lisa the first time, I'm witnessing this. Everyone knows Lisa, but I don't know Lisa. Like all these people, all these like longstanding members, like no Lisa. And I'm like, who the hell is Lisa? Like, <laughs> she seems like a really I gotta nice I got to get player. to know her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like she had been here before and like people like loved her and then she's coming back in and I'm like, okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> uh, so she like she started over basically. And I think yeah. that's like that's that's so telling of what kind of person you are, like willing to start over again. And I mean, it's been a hell of a hell of a journey. It has. So what like where do where do we start where we are now? Oh, wow. OK, let's be even more vulnerable. So when yeah. I started, even though like people who see me now are like, no, you didn't. I have to show mm-hmm. proof pictures. When I started at Fury, um, I remember this because part two. Part two. Yeah, yeah part two. September 2018. Yeah, 2018. Because I originally started, I want to say September of 2009. Wow. Yeah, it's Way been that long. Day. Back in the day. Yeah. But um, so when I started here, yeah, September 2018, right before I came in, I probably weighed about 262 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the first workout I had to do. What was it? Karen. <laughs> Welcome back. Man. Thanks a lot, yeah. Riley. Yeah, I had to do Karen, and I remember getting mad at you. Oh, why were you mad? Because you told me I didn't have to finish it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you don't tell someone like me that. Well, for me, when a person that's that's the number one, yeah. you're, the, you're the number one person that can get rhabdo. Exactly. It's like an experienced CrossFitter that's coming back after a hiatus. Yeah. So, like, when someone comes in, especially if they have previous is experience, I'm like, hey, like, I know you're, like, I know you've, you know this. You know what this is going to feel like. But for you to get the best of what you can today, day one, we're going to bring it down a notch. And I'm, maybe that wasn't the best thing to tell <laughs> Lisa because she finished it. Um, but, like, when someone comes in the door, like, I, you have to be very cautious with that. But. Yeah. Apparently she didn't listen. You're just trying no, to be I careful. Didn't. Yeah. Well, no, and he you're right, know. but he didn't know. And then I think I was like a, I think I only had maybe like a ten pound wall ball. Mm. It wasn't even that heavy to be honest with you. And so I was maybe at like ninety eight, and I'm dying because it's. Karen. And I can see this visibly. Yeah. As a coach. Oh, he can. He can <laughs> see that I'm dying. So he comes up to me. He's like, Hey, hey, you know, if you don't want to, you don't have to finish. And I don't know what happened, but I got like hot, and I was like, What? And I was like. No, nah, I'm gonna finish. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like it lit. It it's lit actually a, the reverse psychology. Yeah, it lit a fire because I was like, I've I've never not finished a wad, so I was like, mm. it's it's not gonna start on day one. Nice. Yeah. So well, I mean, I couldn't walk for three days after, but yeah. I finished it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you also got to be careful as as a coach, as a new person or a returning person is like, what's your? It, you probably could finish this workout and you could probably be like do well, but what's your quality of life for the next week gonna be? Yeah. <laughs> like the initial stimulus of like coming back to exercise is pretty intense for someone that hasn't been exercising. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you might finish Karen, but you can't get up out of bed or you can't sit on the toilet without pain or like right. you got to think about the long run like. Train sure. for tomorrow. I came back. Like, yeah, you, you did. <laughs> well, yeah, you did. I did. I came so back. So you, you're coming back into CrossFit, and then, like, tell us about the first three, four weeks back, three, four months back. It was it was everything I remembered. I mean, I got to meet what is now my Dirty 630 family. Yeah, the 630, like, I think it was the perfect group for you to come back to. It was, because I was kind of a very... Um, introverted at first mm. just because this this wasn't the group of people I was used to working out with yeah. and because I had when I left I was doing CrossFit and so now I was back doing basics and it was it was rough I mm. mean getting back into working out on a regular basis and not wanting to die like sitting in the car and thinking I'm not coming I, I, I would have I would have to have a pep talk with myself because I would literally go into the car and think I'm not coming back mm. 
And so then I'd go home and be like, no, you're going back. I definitely think people have that conversation internally oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot. Like, I just got my ass kicked. Why would I want to go back to do that? But you end up back here the next well, day. Well, and I think what's so great about CrossFit and this community is you're not the only one thinking that way. Mm. If, if we're going to die, we're going to die together. Yeah, exercise eliminates all borders with people, which I love. Like, if you could be the CEO. You could be the guy cleaning the floors. Like, three, two, one, go. We're now all on the same level. Yeah. And shared struggles the best struggle, as I always say. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that and then what it ended up happening for me was then I wanted to set goals. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to start doing pull-ups again, and mm-hmm. I wanted to start lifting heavy again. So so since coming back now, yeah. you have made a big change. Where are you now versus where you started? Um, it's been a change. Uh, I, I kind of stopped weighing myself because you turn neurotic if you do that. Mm. Some coach of mine said I needed to stop anyway. Mm. Yeah. I think it would drive you nuts. Yeah, it does. It does. So prior to stopping, I think I was at a, about 78 pounds lost. That's that's a person. Yeah. That's a small baby. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Big baby. That big too. baby. Yeah. So I that's weight-wise where I'm kind of at. But mm-hmm. more than anything, I can, I, I feel like I can do a lot more. I can do pull-ups. Mm-hmm. I, I Lucky. You <laughs> feel like you've gotten back to where you were originally? I think I kind of surpassed that. Nice. That's cool to hear. That's cool yeah, to hear. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a lot better shape right now than i was when i was coming Mm. to fury like 2011 2012 what things that you adopted kind of in this 2.0 of coming back to fury what things like nutritionally or like body wise like what have you adopted that you that has been successful for you nutrition okay big time um just knowing that what i put in my body fuels it Mm. and if you're going to put pizza and ice cream then don't expect to do a rowing running workout and Mm. not pass out yeah so, so you, you've yeah. seen a big connection between what you put in and what you get out. Yes. Yeah. That so and the big thing, consistency. consistency you can't come once or twice a week and expect to see a difference or to get better. Mm. And one thing I will advocate is you need to lift heavy. Mm. Don't be scared to throw some more weight on that bar. Mm. I, I'm, I'm definitely the coach that harasses people. Like, I think you go a little bit heavier. Like, not, not saying that. If it's not doesn't look good, then I won't say that. Don't get me wrong, but like you've never said that to me. Well, to go, to go heavier. Yeah. Oh well. We, you know. That we'll looks good, man. That's good. But let's yeah. stop there. <laughs> no, like I am in six thirty, and in the basics classes, it, it happens more often than not. In the CrossFit, CrossFit, like they kind of naturally are built to try to go a little bit heavier each time. And but I'll have to to harass people to go a little bit heavier. It's like, okay, I've got the tens on the bar. This looks good. Like, yeah. Let's throw a little bit more weight on there so you can't have a conversation while you're doing this. Nice. Yeah, yeah I've been called a bully before. Yeah, Lisa's a barbell bully. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh, Lisa also lifts with the men in the class as well. She'd outlift me, I bet you. She's, no. she's a very strong lady. Though I will say, so my first workout was Karen. Yeah. And I had a 10-pound wall ball, and I think it maybe made it to the white the, the top of the whiteboard and yesterday's workout was a 20 pound wall ball and i was hitting the red so nice come a yeah. long way it's, it's been a journey yes so what else do you think has what like you said nutrition consistency any other things like that you could think people need to hear it i mean i will say this to anybody because losing is, 80 pounds 80 pounds is significant yeah yeah Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely this community. Mm. I mean, you know, I I do give shout outs to Dirty 630, but, you know, I come to work out on Saturday Mm. and I work out with people on the CrossFit side. And then honestly, the coaches here, Mm. the even front desk people. I mean, everybody here is always, hey, you know, they say hello to you. I mean, all of them know what's going on in your life. Mm. I mean, for lack of a better term, this 
Jim gives a shit. Mm. Plain and simple. Maybe that should go on a shirt, you know? Yeah, this that's gym definitely gives a the soundbite. This gym gives a shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, it's not one of those, because I used to work out at the global gyms at mm. Lifetime and LA Fitness, where you go in, you put your headphones on, you do your thing, and then you leave. Mm. And then you're done. Here, people want to know. They want, how are you doing? And how's your day been? What do you got going on this weekend? And, and if you don't show up, which happened to me once, people call you a oh, lot oh yeah tell us tell <laughs> us tell us what uh, that story of the the day you didn't show up and why i texted you immediately what had happened oh yes yeah so i got in a bit of a fender bender at work <laughs> we're not really going to discuss all of it yes but i got into a fender bender at work and had to be transported and when that happens i unfortunately did not make mention hey can you please call my crossfit coach and let him know i won't be at the gym today well when like when lisa doesn't like we know Lisa's job, so when like when Lisa doesn't show up, like something something had happened. So we uh, we quickly triangulated some some communication that let us know that she was okay, but something had happened. Yeah, so, so it was. You I know. was a little worried. Yeah, I and think I talked to you. You you talked to me when I got out of the hospital. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She'd come back to the gym. I think maybe a day or two later. She had two black eyes. Looked like she had went rounds with like Mayweather or something. Well, like, Fury nine one one was on Saturday, so I had to get my stuff yeah, together. Yeah, I told you how I felt about that. Yeah, you did. But, <laughs> but we did we did okay. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did really awesome. Yeah, I was gonna so. say a bad word, but I decided not to. <laughs> but yeah, so that—that's what I mean. It's like this. This is a community, and I know it sounds very cliche and very commercialish because you see it on on Facebook and on Instagram, but it's true. And if people want to call it a cult, well, you know, church can be a cult. The, mm. the police department can be a cult. Anything can be a cult. It's just a bunch of like-minded people enjoying what they like to do together. Mm. So if that's what it is, yeah, it's a cult. And 630 is its own little sub-cult. <laughs> yeah, we're the cult, not the cult. <laughs> we're the cool cult. Yeah. But I think that's what it is. It's, it's people holding you accountable. It's people caring about you. And then, you know, if um, you ever need any help, everybody's always so mm. willing to help. You know, I don't know how many times I've texted you, like, should I eat this or what should I do here? What, you know, and <laughs> cool. So, Lisa, we usually like to end this with like a words of wisdom or like something that you think that people want to hear okay. or need to hear. Like right. w- like something, like whatever has been bothering you or, or something you want to bring up or anything of that nature. Yeah, it could be athletic or it could even be law enforcement related. Like, yeah. You know. Well, I would Don't just... Don't do drugs, kids. No. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. But I would say just with my past and all the stuff I've gone through, what I like to always tell myself is that, you know, failing doesn't equal failure. Mm. I like it. You know, it's you. You just got to get get up, and keep going, and by ask for help. There's so many people out there that will help. You know, whether it be in the gym or in life, if you need help, ask for it because you're mm. going to have people in your life who are ready to help. There is people out there that want to help too. Absolutely. And sometimes that's something that I struggle with is asking for help. Me too. Like for me, I'm the helper. Like I like to help people, but rarely do I accept the help. And I think there's a is, there's a Bible reference in here somewhere. You got to be willing to like lay like there was someone car- being carried to to listen to Jesus talk or yeah. something like that. Are we gonna go into that now? Yeah, yeah, let's oh. do it. But this is a good this is a good example. You have to be willing to lay on the stretcher and carry the stretcher. Like you have to be able to get help and receive help equally, don't you think? Yeah. Tell us the story. Oh, geez. <laughs> you know it. You All right, so I'm going to get my sermon voice yeah. on. There Here we go. Let me tell you about the good Lord. <laughs> there, okay, so there was a paralyzed man, uh-huh. and all the crowd was always going to Jesus because he was healing people. But uh, when you're paralyzed and you're trying to get up to somebody who's surrounded by a crowd, you can't get anywhere. So his four friends, when he was inside of a house, took him to the roof of the house, tore open the uh, thatching on the top, and lowered him down right in front of him. And the whole, the whole thing is, is without his friends, he would have never been able to meet Jesus and never 
have been healed from his his paralyzation. So the friends are what brought him to where he needed to be to get what he needed. So like the, the comparison I see there is like have people that are willing to help you. Like, yes. and, I, and you have to be willing to let people help you get to where you need to go. Yes, and we're going to take up an offering now. We'll start with you, Lisa. <laughs> pass, sure. pass it to the pass right. The basket. I've been to churches where there's like eight offering plates, all right? Like, right? what in the heck is going on here, dude? I'm getting tired. I only got a couple of dollars in here. That's yeah, but I would say the biggest thing is you just have to be able to be willing to ask for help. And I think mm. that's the hardest thing for a lot of people is just asking. Yeah, so. I love it. Yeah, well, all right. Lisa, it, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we, this has fun. been good. Love this is definitely uh, the <laughs> first police officer I fully endorse as a friend. I know. We <laughs> talked about you. law enforcement, drugs, and yeah. Bible stories. And prostitution. And prostitution. Which is also in the Bible. That's right. It sure <laughs> it's, is. All, it's all connected. <laughs> We're all connected in this life. We have to find some sort of cross fit reference in the Bible. Nah, I, I bet it. we'll find something. Come you on. Think? Walking on water. Something. That's got <laughs> oh, yeah. to be a day. Water actually, to wine. That's actually 20.1. Yeah. Dave Castro has something to do with that one. Turning water into wine. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> yeah, right. That's got to be hard. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been another great episode of the Forging Fury podcast. Michael Gray, Lisa Brockman, another instant classic. What we are challenging you guys to do this week is to share this podcast on your Instagram story. We want everyone to see this. Maybe tag us. Tag a friend that you think would enjoy this. Uh, we love you guys. We mean it. Later.